It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's a sports rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are Welcome back to the second hour of the Thursday edition of the Sports Rush. Adam Lundy's in the producer's chair. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith, sitting in for Brett Rump, who's in Dayton, Ohio, waiting to call the Purdue-Fort Wayne versus Wright State basketball game tonight on 1380 The Fan, 645. We'll, Brett will jump on, but... Um, Really good first hour, and we're just going to jump. We're just going to jump right into the second hour, Adam. But joining us now on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline is Indiana head football coach Tom Allen. Coach Allen, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. But I appreciate you having me on your show. Yeah, good. T- good talking to you. It's been a while that uh, we haven't yeah. has a chance to talk, but. Uh, uh, I'm I'm very pleased that you were able to join us today. I know recruiting right now is a little bit crazy as you're wrapping up your um, recruiting, tying a little bit of a bow on it, but looking at the 24 uh, area athletes as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's kind of a crazy time right now. You're finishing up one group, and then you're trying to, as a head coach, I, I'm not allowed to go out in the springtime to go recruit. So I use this for 24s and 25s to go out and recruit those guys and get a chance to eyeball them and, and watch them in a, you know, a weight class or play a sport or whatever to be able to evaluate them. So it's just a, a crazy time, but a good time. Yeah. I, you know, back in my days when I was at Ball State, it was a little bit simpler. You know, you, you, you had your signing date in February and then you yeah. had your junior day and then you had your spring recruiting. <laughs> right. it, was, it was pretty crisp and clean. Now it's all meshed together. It's I crazy. know. I know. But uh, <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about, and, and I'm not quite up to par on all the rules right now, but uh, I'm sure you'll let me know if I'm approaching something that you cannot uh, talk about. But uh, the big pickup of the transfer from Tennessee, Taven Jackson, the quarterback, uh, this kid's got a chance to be a special player, doesn't he? Well, you know, you got young men, you know, in every state that you recruit. And, uh, you know, we recruited him, you know, many years prior to him going to, to, to Tennessee. And, and you, you build those relationships. And, and uh, he was identified as one of the top quarterbacks in the country, without question. And you have him here in your home state. And so there's no doubt a guy like that has been able to, to – uh, um, to show what he can do, even at the collegiate level, and, and not a lot of playing time, but enough. And and uh, but you know, you you have the chance to to see him play in person, you know, which I did before he graduated from high school, and, and the leadership he showed there, and all the things he's able to do at at, uh, at Center Grove for Coach Moore. So just be able to have a young man of his, you know, talent level to be able to come and, and be here at his home state is a special thing. And uh, he's going to come here and compete like everybody else does. But yeah, he definitely brings. Uh, 
a lot of talent and some leadership along with him. Well, right. He's a big kid, too. 6'3", and probably about 100, 195 pounds. I watched him when he was at Senator Grove uh, in, you know, the couple state playoffs games. And he can spin it, but he's got the mobility that he can move in the pocket and do some other things, which in this day and age of college football, uh, you've got to have that type of player at quarterback. Uh, otherwise, it's you're you're putting a, a undue stress on your offensive line when you're just having a uh, launch point that's always consistent. There's no question, and, and I think that, and as a defensive coach, and in regards to how we approach things, when, when a young man we're going against and can do that, um, instead you say extend plays, uh, creates a lot of stress on the defense. That's where a lot of the explosive plays are created in the passing game when a quarterback's able to evade the rush and elongate the, the the stress on the secondary, you know, through that, and then also just having design run plays where he can beat you with his legs. So any, anytime a guy has that ability to do both, uh, it definitely helps, and that's something that there's no question that uh, we want to be able to do moving forward, and that's uh, a big reason why the guys in that room right now all have those traits. Well, it's, I can look at it, and uh, I think it would be a fun room to coach uh, because, of, because of what you have there. So – uh, need an assistant anytime, anywhere. I'd love to step into that room. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what it's all about is trying to be able to build each one of our rooms, you know, and it's, it's definitely a, a different process now than ever before and how you do that. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to, you know, attract players to your program, develop them and, and build a team, you know, yeah. and get those guys to buy in. And obviously the quarterback room is a critical, critical room, as we all know. And, uh, it kind of really, uh, uh, I don't care what level. I've coached high school, coached college, and then you go into the NFL. It's uh, yes. no doubt that room's critical. Yeah, and you're exactly right. It, uh, it 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 starts with that position. That's just the way it is, and then it branches out from there. But but as speaking of quarterbacks, can you give an update on your Dexter Williams? Because that kid too, I think, a special kid. He truly is, you know, and he's just. Uh, uh, progressing, you know, had a surgery and uh, is, is, is going up now doing his rehab. And so, uh, we'll, uh, as that progresses, you know, we'll be able to get a, probably a better timetable as time moves forward. But, uh, obviously a serious injury. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but such a fine young man. He's just worked so hard, overcome a previous injury, knee injury a couple years ago. Had just come back from that, you know, and so, yeah. but, uh, but we also know what kind of young man you got when they make it through those opportunities because it's the, the grit, the toughness to fight. Just the daily grind of, of the rehab is not easy, but you really get a chance to reveal who a young man truly is. So he's proven to us he's just got a tremendous amount of character, toughness, belief in himself. He was playing really, really high-level football for us here the last couple of games of the season. And so hated to see that happen to him. But uh, he's on the road to recovery, and we're going to be with him all along the way. That's awesome. And, and, and those, that injury was uh, – I don't know what the football gods when you, when you see an injury like that, yeah. but – uh, I'm glad to hear that. It is. I was just sat there in just disbelief as I watched it unfold and then you know, walked out to the field and they proceeded to tell me how serious it was. Yeah. They knew right away that it was really serious. And so just my heart just sank. I, I just mm. couldn't believe it. Well, and, uh, you know, my son went through that down uh, down there when he bu- right. blew out his knee at Penn State and unfortunately got that nerve that his knee mm-hmm. never came back. So. Uh, sure. It's always heartbreaking to see that. You've seen it too much here over the last couple of years. I'm, you know, with injuries and such. But let's look at uh, the question I do have for you before, you know, we get on. And we can talk a little bit more about some of the kids that you got coming in is this transfer portal. Now, I know it's it's probably pro and con when you look at it. 
But, um, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on the transfer portal and how it's kind of reshaping even the recruiting aspect? Well, there's no question it, it has made an impact, and it's, it's made a difference in the way we view things. You know, it's just the mobility that players have now uh, when they come to college, you know, before you recruit them and expect them to be there for three or four years, and, and then maybe they are grad transfer, you know, and if they mm-hmm. did choose to, to, to transfer part of that, they sit out a year, so that it's discouraged a lot more of that. So, you know, it's basically, for me, you know, I never wanted to replace, you know, our foundation, which is our high school recruiting and, and the, the development of those guys. We're a developmental program here at Indiana and they need to be great evaluators and great developers, and that won't change. But, you know, when you lose some older guys and you have an ability to, to now go to the portal and replace them with another older guy that, that gives you some maturity to that room and a guy that's played college football in other places. And, and so, uh, but I just think that that's, that has created a, a definite um, new market, per se, for a, a way to address a certain need in a certain position. And that's what I really want to use it for, to be able to allow us. I, I just, uh, we're really excited about our freshman class from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Redshirted most of those guys, and so they've been in our program being developed. But there's a little bit, some of the guys still aren't quite ready, you know, at those positions. So you go out and maybe get an older guy that's able to bridge that gap at that position. And that's where the portal has created that, you know. Right. And so. That's, you know, one of the positive sides of it. You know, everybody has opinions about it. But my whole thing is just it's the way the rules are now. And so we've got to be able to maximize the current structure and, and how we're going to operate and be able to, to, to work it to our advantage. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Taven's a part of that. And you talked about establishing Correct. relationships with kids. And uh, that's the key component here because you do not know when you're recruiting these kids where they may not, and you know, come to you initially. It's on that opportunity that you get him on uh, the. I don't want to say okay, rebound, but that relationship is important now, even more so. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, no matter how they get to your program, they're still going to be part of your team. They're in your locker room. So who you're bringing to that locker room, who you're bringing to your team, it, it matters. And so, mm-hmm. with several guys we have signed here the last few weeks and couple months here are guys that, that we maybe have recruited, you know, previously when they were first coming out of high school. So we already knew their families. Already, many of them already had some of them on campus for, mm-hmm. for visits or even official visits. And so and they made, made a decision to go somewhere else. And some of these guys we did know as well. And some of them are guys that played for our coaches on our staff at a previous place. Right. Or they recruited those guys and they knew them already. So trying to find those relationship connections because I still, you know, try to make sure we do a tremendous job of knowing the young man. The, the, the challenge is it's a very compressed window now, and you may only have yeah. a few weeks or maybe it's a month to be able to, to get to know all the things you need to know to, to allow them to be able to be of the best fit for your program. So definitely made it more challenging in some ways, but like I said, we still rely on those relationships we have with high school coaches, with other coaches across the country that have worked with these young men and been with them on a daily basis. Well, looking at you know your transfers that you have uh, you know gotten through the the portal, I believe it's ten now. But you know you got a good running back from uh, Wake Forest, the Christian Turner uh, kid. Yep. Um, you got a you know a really good defensive lineman from Western Michigan, uh, this right. Andre Carter kid. Uh, he's another one that I think uh, will make big strides for you on the defensive line. Any others in that transfer group that you that you've got coming in through the portal that you know you think can be a big boost to what you have there? 
Well, there's several guys. You know, I feel like you know, when you bring a young man in and that's, you know, if he's been, you know, playing college football for several years and several of them are grad transfers and, and uh, you know, those guys, you, know, you expect them to come in and, com- and compete to play right away. You know, that's kind of what their motivation is for them as well. And, you know, Philip Lee's a guy up front from Texas Tech that, that brings us tremendous experience and size and athleticism and, and Marcus Burris as well from Texas A&M. Those guys really, you know, were ones that uh, have played you know, Power 5 football, you know, Linnell Carr as well played Power 5 football at West Virginia, guys that we had recruited mm-hmm. out of high school extensively. And, and so, you know, the defensive line is such a important position, and we got guys that are obviously coming back from last year, but we also graduated quite a few guys there. And, right. And uh, just, you know, Jacob Magnifar, the linebacker from Stanford, who's a graduate transfer, so a guy that brings us tremendous size and experience. And, and, uh, and Josh Rudolph as well that has played a lot of football and made a lot of tackles and so those guys, I think about the front seven, we lost some really good players in that uh, part of the, the game for us. And you mentioned a receiver as well, running back, and, and guys that uh, have played football at this level collegiately and have been productive. And so that excites me to be able to have those guys on our football team. And uh, obviously, though, they got to come here and prove it here. Right. they got to do a great job of, uh, of winning their teammates over through their work ethic and what they're doing right now in the weight room and all the things that we do. You know, leading up to spring football and then obviously through that spring springs process. So I'm excited to be able to have these new guys on our team, and I, I think that they've all got special and unique things they're going to bring to us and uh, help us become a better football team in 2023. Well, and the other thing in recruiting, and, and I think this was one thing that when I was, you know, at that level recruiting, you know, watching kids play multiple sports, whether it be wrestling, basketball, uh, things that you could physically, as a coach, go out and watch. What are you know? What is your thoughts on that in terms of you know how that rates a recruit for you, and how valuable is that when it comes to being able to see them compete? Well, I think it's very valuable. You know, I'm a huge proponent of multi-sport participation from high school players. I know it's become less popular in today's game, which is unfortunate. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm going to watch a basketball game tonight. And uh, I love watching players compete. I want to see them compete in other sports. I want to see them. As a matter of fact, I had this happen last Friday night. I'm watching a high school basketball game. Guy we're recruiting, he's on the free throw line with .7 seconds to go in the game, and the score is tied. And he's got to make the free throw to win the game. You don't get that, you know, when you're training in the offseason and you're in the weight room. And then there's nothing wrong with training and meeting the weight right. room. But I love seeing him in those moments. And, you know, being able to be in the baseball situation where you got a full count and you got a runner on third and you got two outs and you got to you got to make a play right to get to the runner to score and so whatever sport it might be i just think there's so many benefits of learning how to compete and being under the discipline of another coach i think that helps develop the the whole person as a player because every coach has different leadership styles and personalities so and they're just the obvious skill set things that that they're, they're going to be developed in other sports as well. But to me, the biggest variable that I love is the competition. Right. And just learning how to compete and being under those pressure situations, you can't create, you know, in practice. You can't break, can create them, you know, in the weight room. You can't create them, you know, running sprints, you know, back there with your mm-hmm. with your team in the springtime. that You can just create those in, in another sport in a competitive setting. So I'm a huge – I was a three-sport athlete myself in high school – I played two sports in college. I've coached multiple sports as a high school coach. And, and so I just, even when I was at Wabash, I coached track as well as football. You know, right. So just believe in that and uh, just love to see guys do that. I, I want guys to play as many sports as they can for as long as they can. Yeah. And I, and I, and 
Yeah, I was kind of saying philosophy when I was recruiting. I just loved, especially quarterbacks, especially if they were guards. I'd love to see them, how they commanded uh, the game in basketball because I think that led to uh, how they would handle the pressure being under center uh, in a a tough game. You know, before I let you go here, Coach, and I know that you're, you know, busy man, you got a game to go to tonight. What, uh, how are your thoughts now? on this NIL uh, stuff. Um, and, and that's another subject area that's kind of changed uh, the game in some respects. Uh, how, how are you handling it there at IU and kind of what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it, it's just definitely part of, of the process that, that young men, when they go through and make a decision, you know, we have a presentation for our guys when they come and there's a, there's a right way to do everything, you know. And there's, I know the the rules are a little, little gray, a little vague for sure with this, <laughs> with this, uh, you know, type of uh, new development in college sports. But at the same time, we as a university have been very aggressive to be able to figure out what those are, what can we do, and how do we best take advantage of it and maximize that. And we've done that at Indiana with our collectives, and really proud of that work that the administration has been driving and supporting and getting that going. It's it's not been. It's just taking some time without question, but we also want to get it, get it right. And, and so we want to be able to maximize it. It's just, to me, it just needs to be a, a piece of the decision-making process. If a young man, all he cares about is that, that's not probably the kind of guy we're trying to, you know, it's right. no different to me when you say, Hey, if I recruit a guy, and all he cares about is, is himself and his stats and, and what he's going to be able to benefit personally from. Yeah. Those are outgrowths of being, a great teammate and being a part of a great team. So exactly. it's, it's no different there. You want it to be able to, like I want us to be able to maximize it as a university without question. We have to, it's part of it, but um, you know, it's like anything else. You know, I think that uh, in, in the sport of football, I want guys that want to be a part of a great team and want to be great teammates, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I, as I tell our team all the time, when the team does well, the individuals get recognized. <laughs> and so to me, the initial purpose for NIL was to be able to, allow young men to benefit from their name, image, and likeness that might be utilized for the university to be able to, you know, sell jerseys and sell this and people mm-hmm. come and support them at the game. And, and, and there's no question that uh, there's um, a true benefit from that from everybody. And then there's obviously, you know, the chance for us to utilize the, the NIL component as a university to help young men through the collectives to be able to, to, to show them that they can, you know, financially benefit from what they do for the university in terms of, you know, how much they mm-hmm. uh, allow a university great exposure by the success they have in the sport, you know, and, 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 and the ones that people watch the most right now, which would be football and basketball. So bottom line is, is that, you know, we're diving into a full board as, as best we can. It's definitely a very challenging situation. You hear a lot of crazy things going on out there right now with all this. <laughs> and we're just trying to make sure that, that we're keeping everything you know, uh, you know, doing it the right way, but also trying to make sure we're maximizing the situation because it's it's new. It's it's new for everybody, and the bottom line is that I don't think it's going away. So we better make sure we adapt to it and maximize it without question. Well, and I agree with you. The gray areas there and things that that I've seen and heard has been kind of eye opening for myself, even as a just now being a fan of the game yes. uh, and how it impacts it and all. And some of the guys that I've talking to that are still in uh, college ball, it's uh, it's really something that's kind of a whirlwind to to say <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, on that's, that. a, that's 
pretty accurate word. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, it's been great talking to you today. I appreciate you giving some time and uh, you know, our relationship goes way back, I guess you could say. It does. And uh, <laughs> I really appreciate uh, all that you do there at IU, even when my son was there in your, I think your first year being the defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that is correct. And uh, his the impact that you had on him, even as someone that was an offensive player, not a defensive player, I think that speaks volumes uh, when a when a player looks across and has a lot of respect for somebody that maybe he's not in their room on a daily basis. So I appreciate that. If ever can be any help up here in Fort Wayne in recruiting, hey, give me a call. I'll be glad to help in any way that I can. But thanks for coming on today, Coach. You're welcome, Shane. Have an awesome night. Hello. Oh, all right, buddy. Hey, that was Coach Tom Allen, the head football coach from Indiana University. We're going to Step away here real quick. We'll be right back on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on Thursday afternoon, one day away from that beautiful weekend that is upon us. Big thank you again to Tom Allen and Ben Boudreaux for giving of their time today, Adam. It's always a pleasure to get those guys on and talk a little bit of hockey, a little bit of football. And now we get to talk a little bit about the Pacers. And they took it on the chin last night in in Oklahoma, 126 to 106. And, you know, they're without Halliburton right now. And uh, they have their kind of what I call a mini Western swing because they have Denver coming up on Friday and I believe Phoenix on Sunday. Uh, It's just uh, right now with that... How, having Halliburton, man, that's a big hit to their lineup. Yeah, absolutely. One of you know their main kind of uh, offense distributor, kind of kind of run the offense through him when he's in the starting lineup. Um, a lot of their scoring too, you know. So it's kind of just missing a big part of their offense right now. Yeah, and they got some good contributions off the bench the the other night, and um, you know, uh, I think that we're going to have to really uh, rely on that right now. Because I don't know, I haven't seen anything that says when Halliburton's going to be coming back or the extensive nature of his injury. Have you seen anything as well? Um, I know they're going to reevaluate him soon. I'll have to take a look and see if there's anything new. But the last time I heard, they were going to reevaluate him in a couple weeks, which is never a good sign. Well, yeah, they're going to need him, especially, you know, uh, if they can get through these next couple games. And you call them winnable games. I thought the Oklahoma the game last night was kind of one of those uh, winnable games. But unfortunately, uh, they took it on the chin, 126 to 106. And we talked about the first hour of Big Ten tonight. You got IU at Illinois, uh, 8.30 uh, tip-off there. And Luke Goody uh, is... I believe still healing from that foot surgery that he had from early in the season, even before the season started. And uh, the Homestead product, boy, they've you know they've missed his shooting ability, especially from three point land uh, for the Illini. And then you got Purdue at Minnesota tonight, seven o'clock on that one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We'll be carrying that game, uh, but that's a six o'clock. I believe they're they're coming on after the coaches' show, I should say. Um, as well as Purdue-Fort Wayne State with our buddy Brett Rump on the call 
for the Mastodons. But, you know, Fletcher Lawyer and Caleb First, both, homes, uh, you know, Homestead, Fort Wayne product. Caleb's, I mean, from Canterbury. But those two have really been lighting it up, especially the uh, Fletcher. Have you seen him play of late? Man, he was he's looked good for a young kid. Yeah, for a freshman, he's got a lot of uh, ball sense, and he's he's really good at shooting, and that's what they need him for. So I, I, it's good to see well, him have some success. Well, and, you know, I, I can't say that I'm – I mean, I'm a little surprised just making that jump to Big Ten basketball. Sure. But if you look at him when he was at Homestead, he was kind of that quiet kid in Fort Wayne that you turn the – you know, you look start looking in the paper, got 20 points, 25 points, and, you know, he was uh, consistently doing that. At Homestead, uh, but over the last couple of weeks, I he's really been a flash to me uh, watching him and how how uh, good he's playing. You know, I think he's one of the things that gets uh, Purdue and and he's gives them a capable outside shot uh, and his aggressiveness on defense. So uh, they've got Minnesota tonight. We talked about Minnesota. That's a winnable game, but. Minnesota is one of those teams where it's a hard place to go play in, man. It's a, just a, one of those arenas that uh, uh, you can't uh, come in there lackadaisical or you walk away with a loss. How about uh, – and the other thing that we got, of course, is NFL playoffs. Yeah. Who do you like between Jacksonville and Kansas City? I'll just go ahead and take Kansas City. I mean, Jacksonville's a fun story, but, I mean, they had to come back the way they did against the Chargers, and the Chargers are not the Chiefs, so well, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs. All right. Kansas City's a minus 8.5 on that, over under 53. Uh, I like them as well to cover that one. Uh, how about New York and Philly? I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I just think they have the overall better team. Yeah, I think they do too. They're a plus seven and a half on that one. Or I'm sorry, they're the favorite. They're mm-hmm. giving up seven and a half. Over under though on that, it's only 48, which is kind of, I think, a little surprising, but maybe not because you never know what you're going to get with the Giants. Yeah. Uh, Bengals at Buffalo. Again, that's a game that's going to have a lot of emotion to it. Sunday on CBS. Bills are actually a five-point favorite in that one. I kind of like the five points for the Bengals. I was going to say, I wouldn't mind putting a little bit on that Bengals uh, line there, but uh, that's a tough one to call. How about the over-under on that? 48 and a half. I, I, I take the over I'd on that. I take the over. Yeah, yeah, I think that one. And then the classic game we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. Cowboys at the 49ers, 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. San Fran is actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite over-under a 46 you did some research on how many times they've played. Yeah, this will be the ninth time they've matched up in the playoffs. The Cowboys are 5-3 and three, mm-hmm. uh, against the 49ers in the playoffs. Um, I think I'm going to go with the 49ers. Yeah, Brock Purdy, the the new talk of the town in San Francisco and what he's been able to do. He was the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, on that. And another, you know, Chandler Harnish was one of those at one time when he got picked out of Northern Illinois. But Brock Purdy doing pretty wo- good. But I think, boy, I tell you, I like what the Cowboys did this past week. So I'll take those points and I'll take, I'll think the over on that one as well. But uh, big weekend coming up as we move forward with the NFL playoffs. And they're, you know, getting close to getting to that magical Super Bowl. But, uh, we're going to step aside. Coming back after the break, we'll have Eric Dutkevich joining us to talk a little bit of high school basketball here on the Thursday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back to the Sports Rush. As you can tell, I am not Brett Rump. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith, along with Adam Lundy. Mr. Rump has got the call of Mastodons at Wright State tonight, 645, right here on 1380 The Fan, right after the coaches show that will be on right up after us. And and that's basketball-oriented. We're going to get basketball-oriented with our next guest coming on. My partner on Upon Further Review, Eric Dute Dukevich from the Parkview Sports Medicine. Dute, how you doing, my man? Good afternoon, Coach. Uh, just doing great. Another week winding up here. Got some moving and shaking. Got a big PSM blackout night tomorrow at Northrop. So was over at Northrop getting set up for that, and should be a fun atmosphere tomorrow at uh, Dave E. Riley Court, uh, if you will, here oh, yeah. at Mark, Sh- Mark Shove Gymnasium as well. we got to throw in that name yeah, here yeah. at Northrop High School. So. All prominent from my days back at Northrop <laughs> when I was a youngster. Both of, school. both of them uh, were there, A.D., Mr. Chef, and then, of course, Mr. Riley was a heck of a girls' basketball coach there at Northrop, took him to the state uh, attorney, Got a victory there, but uh, got some big games upcoming here uh, tomorrow night uh, as well. And the high school basketball game of the week, we got Northside at Homestead. And then, of course, afterwards, you'll have the post-game show, I'm assuming, at the Pizza Hut at Coventry. Yep, we'll be at the Coventry Pizza Hut. Uh, Josh Williams, uh, Adam Lundy, or in my, uh, Mac, no, not Adam this week, uh, Michael McIntyre and myself will be uh, doing the PSM post game show live from the Village of Coventry Pizza Hut. Always fun to kind of, you know, debrief after a Friday night, and, and really this weekend, uh, Shannon, a lot of uh, you know more big games. Especially yeah. the girls' side, we get a little impact on what will happen in the SAC as far as they're coming down to the last one or two games left in, in that SAC schedule, and the boys. Uh, it's starting to kind of turn that corner and see kind of who's going to be the last man standing uh, in that SAC race as well. So a lot of fun uh, upcoming tomorrow night. Yeah, and, you know, once we get past January, February kind of flies by, and next thing you know, (laughs) we're in the tournament. And that's kind of how it always acts. As a matter of fact, this weather today is reminding me of the tournament with thunderstorm watches and warnings and then, of course, snow. But let's jump in here today with the uh, top five girls uh that you see right now now again this is not a power ranking or anything else this is a viewpoint of mr dakevich on who are those top five girls basketball teams right now uh, and how they're playing let's start at number five dude who you got at number five yeah looking back at the top five teams of the week number five we find the carol lady chargers you know Carroll coming in now with three straight wins. They got a big win over Norwell on, on January 3rd, but some, some big SAC wins in the last week. Um, and they've won three in a row, four and two. They're, they're outside of the, the SAC picture, but playing some really good basketball. Uh, Taylor Fordyce, Kayla Gibbs, two seniors on the team, both averaging 15 points a game. They host Southside tomorrow, and then a big one hosting Penn on Saturday. Carroll's starting to get some momentum, and that could be a fun team to watch come tourney time. Absolutely. How about number four for the girls? Number four, we head to the NE8 for the Norwell Lady Knights. 
You know, this team is number five in Class 3A. They kind of took it on the chin a few weeks back against Carroll, like I mentioned, but a big win at Dwanger and at Belmont earlier in the week. Belmont, uh, another up-and-coming team in the any eight, uh, a big uh, impact. You know, Norwell's still in contention for the any eight. They need a little help uh, with Columbia City being undefeated in that conference. But here's a team averaging 64 points per game, top five in 3A, a team that can make a deep tournament run uh, and and looking to close out the regular season uh, strong. Yeah, absolutely. And they have been on a good run of late as well, like you pointed out there. How about the number third team this week for the girls? Yeah, number three, we find the Snyder Lady Panthers. You know, I think for Snyder, it's that huge win last Friday night, their only game of the week. They beat number eight Homestead in overtime on Kilmer Court at Snyder uh, to stay in contention for the SAC race. you got Homestead and Snyder now with one loss in the SAC for the girls. Of course, Northrop remains undefeated and, and probably the favorite to kind of run the table uh, at this point as well. But really still in contention for that. How about a big game from Janaea Donahue? 20 points, 9 steals, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. She was all over the floor. A great showing for her. They got a lot of weapons on that Snyder team, um, and they got a big one against Northridge on Saturday, uh, a ranked team uh, that they go on the road to face. Uh, They face Concordia tomorrow first in SAC action. Yeah, that's a pretty good night there at at the basketball court for that young lady. How about let's go on to number two of the girls. Number two, we head to the ACAC and your ACAC tournament champion, the Jay County Lady Patriots. What an incredible showing for them over the ACAC tourney. Their third straight ACAC championship, third in a row. Oh, by the way, uh, Rena Schweiderman, their all-star player, uh, she gets her third straight MVP of the tournament. First time in 31 years that an ACAC girl has won the MVP of that tournament. Really strong showing. They move up to number two in 3A, so we got another solid team in Class 3A, um, and it's going to be 17 straight wins for them. This Jay County team is on a roll. Oh, well, that's that, 17 in a row. That's a, 18 and 1 overall. Wow. 17 straight wins. So wow. They're, they're looking really good. In a league that's not so strong, it would be really question is when they get into the tournament, how is that team going to go? Especially you're going to have Norwell in there, Fairfield, some of the other top 3A teams in there. Uh, it's a loaded 3A, and then part of this state, part of the state, Class 3A is pretty loaded as well. Well, let's finish it up there for the girls at the number one spot. Who do you have there? Yeah, number one, an uncharacteristic pick, but it's the Fairfield Lady Falcons. Now, I get it. They're not really in our area so much. They're up near Goshen, but they play in the NECC. They're the NECC tournament champions. First time since 1996. They knocked off number one Central Noble twice in the last four days to, 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 to win the NECC tournament and then also take the lead in the regular season race. Really solid performances. They can clinch a share of the regular season next week. And going for back-to-back 20-win seasons, uh, they're at 19-2 and right now, 8-0 in the NECC, advanced to semi-state a year ago. This is another really solid 3A team that's dangerous. When you hold Central Noble to 27 points in a regular season contest, that says something about your defense right there. 
Well, it's a pretty impressive group that you laid out there, Duke. But we're going to jump on over now to the boys. And where are we at with number five for the boys this week? Number five on our top five boys teams is the Norwell Knights. You know, slow and steady continues to win the race here for Norwell. Their five straight wins after their holiday tournament loss uh, in there that against some really good teams. They're at number four in the Class 3A poll, averaging 69.1 points per game, which is fifth in 3A. And their average margin of victory, just under 20 points per game, is sixth in the entire state. Of course, Luke uh, McBride is the bell cow for them. They got a big one on Saturday night against New Haven, and then they go on the road to Lures for an interconference matchup on Tuesday night. Yeah, Norwell's having a great year in sports thus far with both boys and the girls. How about number four? Number four, we find the Blackhawk Christian Braves. 14-1, they continue to stay hot. They, they rebound uh, from the loss earlier in the year. Uh, stay at number two in class, 2A, six straight wins, 21-2 and two since last February. Incredible <laughs> what they've been able to do. Uh, they knocked off Lures on Saturday, uh, got Homestead. We talked about that last week, a big impressive win for them. Uh, some big win- games for them. They have Dwanger, Wayne, Snyder, and Indianapolis Heritage Christian. For all you Purdue fans out there, Miles Colvin, Roosevelt Colvin's son, he plays for Heritage Christian, the favorite to win Mr. Basketball. He'll be facing off with Blackhawk Christian uh, next uh, next in the coming days, next week. That should be a fun matchup between some top-flight teams in the state of Indiana. Ah, no question about that. How about number three this week, dude? Number three, the Northside Legends are back on our poll. You know, they're 10-4. and four. Their 10 wins match what they did all of last season. Hard to believe. Four straight wins for these Legends. And what can we say about Tay Johnson? They get a 74-73 to 73 win over Northrop at Bayhay Arena last week. Tay Tay goes for 47 points and 16 rebounds. That's second all-time in school history, the 47, uh, averaging 21 points a game. And he's just 46 points away from 1,000 as a junior. Mm-hmm. So he's probably going to get that. He could get that tomorrow night, the way he's, he's, yeah. he's scoring the basketball. Probably two games, two or three games. We'll, we'll give him some time. But solid performance from them, and, and, and nice to see them uh, back in our poll this week. Yeah, and that should be a pretty dandy of a game then tomorrow night against uh, the Spartans. How about the number two spot this week? Number two goes to our NECC tournament champion, the West Noble Chargers. You know, they're pretty at 12-1 overall, 5-0 and in the regular season standings for the Northeast Corner Conference. They're staying at number six and 3A. How about Austin Kripe, another whale of a player that comes out of the area. You know, the, he averaged uh, 21 points. Uh, let me rephrase that. He scored 33 points in the championship game. Uh, and seven rebounds to lead them to their first NECC title uh, since 2014. Uh, big wins. And, and keep in mind, they're playing close basketball, too. Their three wins in the tournament, a combined 13 points. So they edged out their opponents. Really strong play in the NECC. The top of that list is the West Noble Chargers. And rounding out the top five, how about who do you have at number one? This week, number number one, it's been 47 years in the making to get to this point. Your Adam Central Flying Jets, 
the ACAC Tournament Champion. Congratulations to them, the 100th anniversary of that tournament. They bring home the win, first time since 1976. They held off Woodland in overtime. They knocked off Heritage in the semifinals, blew out South Adams in the first round, and Isaac Schultz, what a performance from him, the Hilliard Gates MVP award, 20 points, 16 rebounds in the championship, and helped him along the way as well in the first two games. Adam Central cra- cracking the pole, not only cracking the pole, but coming in at number one this week as your ACAC tournament champions in the 100th anniversary of that of the longest tournament in the state of Indiana. Well, that's a good rundown of the top five girls and boys high school basketball teams this week. You got Northside at Homestead as the game of the week tomorrow night, followed up by the uh, post-game show at the Coventry Pizza Hut. But before we let you go here, Dute, what is the latest at PSM? Yeah, you know, we, we continue uh, to, to work with, uh, the fine folks. I, I think the the best thing to talk about. What, one of the things we've talked a lot about in sports lately is the athletic trainers uh, and their important role uh, with with high school athletes, college athletes in our area. And, and Parkview Sports Medicine is no different. We have over seventy athletic trainers that Parkview has provided the schools across Northeast Indiana and into Northwest Ohio. A great relationship that we have with the schools and really those athletic trainers not only provide excellent care on the sidelines at games and practices and, and when you need them, but also they form those bonds with those athletes in the communities that they serve. And so just want to take a moment to thank all of our athletic trainers. I know it, it, they've kind of gotten the spotlight in the last couple of weeks with, with everything that's gone on with the Buffalo Bills and, and, and uh, DeMar Hamlin. But uh, certainly it's a, it's a great profession that those people work hard each and every day. They go through a lot of training. Uh, and continue to learn and get better at their craft. And I can tell you, I can honestly say I work with some of the best uh, medical professionals that you can be around in our athletic training staff. And so just a great service that we have for for our schools and just a great group of people uh, that look out for the student-athletes at the high school, college level uh, each and every game and practice. Absolutely, and I can second that with athletic trainers. They do a lot of hard work keeping the kids safe with treatments and tape and such. But, Dute, thanks for joining us here on the Thursday edition of the Sports Rush. Have a good one tomorrow night, Northside versus Homestead High School Game of the Week, and then the post-game show at the Coventry Pizza Hut. Sounds good. Great to hear from you again, Shannon. We'll see you down the road. All right. That was Eric Dute Dukevich from the Parkview Sports Medicine team here on the Sports Rush. We'll be right back with wrapping up this Thursday edition, all here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on a Thursday evening here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Right after the coaches show tonight, Purdue Fort Wayne at Wright State. Brett Rump will have that call. About 645, he's coming on. And I know that you're working double duty because you'll be producing that as well, Adam. So You got it. <laughs> you're doing a lot of things tonight. But really appreciate all the uh, effort that you do in helping make this a easy transition when I'm asked to fill in for Mr. Rump. It's a... Uh, great privilege to be be here. Thanks to Ben Boudreaux of the Fort Wayne Comets, Greg Rakestraw with the Colts, and all the information that he had for us, as well as Tom Allen, the head football coach of, of Indiana football. 
appreciate all them coming on to tonight. And I get to go back to, you know, just being a listener tomorrow as Mr. Brett Rump will be on the normal time from 4 to 6 tomorrow at evening at, on Friday because he's on the road down at Northern Kentucky because that's who Purdue Fort Wayne plays on Saturday. So busy schedules all around. But I want to thank everybody for coming on. Everybody have a safe evening. This is Shannon Griffith for Adam Lundy. We thank you for listening to the Sports Rush here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.